A 90-year-old man went to the doctor for a checkup, and a couple of days later, the doctor saw the man walking down the street with a beautiful young woman on his arm. The doctor said, well, Mr. Franklin, you seem to be doing well. He said, yes, sir, doc, I did just what you told me to do. Get a hot mama and be cheerful. He said, no, Mr. Franklin, I said you have a heart murmur. Be careful. What we have here is a failure to communicate. So, so every now and then we need to be reminded as a church of where we are and where we're going. Right? So in a series called... Look, don't let a hypocrite keep you from Jesus. Because hypocrites are out there. I don't know if you noticed that, but they are out there. Look, I don't quit going to the gym just because there's fat people in there, right? Never let a phony keep you from Jesus because he is a real We talked about different aspects of church. We started talking about why we're here as a church, and that's where we shifted gears last week. We looked at why generation church is here. And our focus is even our name goes back to Psalm 145. First point says there's one thing. Thank you. 
Every child belongs to God. The gospel of Jesus Christ to this generation. Now, this is the heart of God to see every one of these young people set free, delivered from the power of sin. I know that we don't have any hypocrites at Generation Church, but I know that y'all have friends that go to... 
Social Club, growing the family of God from one generation to the next. Two things. God is calling us to build families and to be family. To build families and to be family. Tell somebody, we're here to build families. Okay, amen. I don't know if you've noticed, but in our culture today, the family unit is under assault. There is an all-out assault by the enemy on families. Did you know that America now has the highest percentage of single adult households in the world? I looked at the global report two weeks ago, and it just shows a world map. And America is the global leader by far. Far and above any other country on this planet for single-parent homes. More than half of all the babies born to American women under the age of 30 are born out of marriage. Today, one out of every three children in the United States lives in a home with no father. A total of 42% of single mothers in America are living off of food stamps, and that ain't right. The United States also has the highest divorce rate on the planet. We're a global leader in divorce, apparently. And you know, Goldsboro has a higher divorce rate than the national average. So Goldsboro is a global leader, too. Listen to this. Over 2.5 million children are homeless in the United States today. 2.5 million. That number has more than doubled in the last three years. Two and a half million children are either staying with relatives, with friends, living in hotels, out of cars, or sleeping in public spaces. Is, is, is anybody disturbed by that number? How many of you if, you, if you could, you would do something, even if it was something small, to help those kids? Do you know that one-third of the kids in our children's ministry and our youth ministry are from that group of kids? I don't know about you. That's a good reason to get involved in generation kids and youth. There's a reason we feed kids every time they come in the building. Uh, this is more than snack time in a lesson, y'all. This is real ministry. For some of our kids, this is the best part of their week. Do you know we have kids cry every Sunday afternoon and every Wednesday night because they have to leave? Because this place is more of a home to them. Than anywhere else they have. This generation desperately needs us church. Not just our church. It needs churches across this city. Churches across this nation. I, I'm praying. It, and, and somebody challenged me on a Wednesday night. When we were just talking about ideas and dreaming. They said why don't we get other churches involved. And the Holy Ghost just kicked me and said. You know what you need to start praying. For a move of God. For a burden for churches across this nation for this generation. Never in our nation's history has homelessness affected children and teens on such a high level. And we also have the highest teen pregnancy rate in the world. This is a great nation, but we also have some great needs, church. Teen pregnancy rate in America is twice as high as Canada, three times greater than France, and more than seven times higher than Japan. 
A total of 47% of high school students in the United States have had sex, and more often than not, at an age far younger than we want to acknowledge. The family is under assault in our nation. So how do we build families? It starts with Jesus. It starts with Jesus because you can't do this on your own. Building a strong family seems impossible in our culture today. In fact, our culture is decidedly anti-family. But nothing is impossible with God. You can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. And it's our job to connect people to Jesus. That's why we share the gospel every Sunday because Jesus still makes mean people sweet. Just look around if you don't believe me. Jesus still gives hopeless people hope. And Jesus takes desperate people and he becomes their everything. How do we build families? It starts with Jesus as the foundation. Maybe you're here today and you want a strong family. It starts by making Jesus the cornerstone. It starts by making your house a house of prayer. It starts by taking your family to the house of God. Amen? What's the next step in building strong families? We need men to be men. We got any men in the house? Let me hear amen. Y'all just grunt. I don't care. I know what you mean. I'm so tired of churches being so stinking girly. You walk into the average church, everything's pink. You got flower. It looks like Hobby Lobby threw up in there. Can we please stop making churches so feminine? And I don't even want to talk about worship leaders. Because they find the guy that has the absolute, I think they blood test the guy to find who has the least amount of testosterone in his system to get up there and say, hi guys, I was drinking my mocha cappuccino this morning. Good Lord. I'm getting so tired of this mess. You look at the worship leaders in the Old Testament, they went on the battlefield, blood and guts, cut people's heads off, and came back saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm just tired of a sissified church. God made them in his image, male and female, in the image of God. Be who God made you to be. Where was I? I got off track. We're not on Facebook. I can't get canceled today. <laughs> Let's make church manly again. Go read the Old Testament. Church was where they killed animals and they store weapons. Come on, they needed a sword. David couldn't find a sword. He went to church. Where's that sword I cut Goliath's head off with? And the preacher said, okay, it's over here by the altar. There you go, David. Now, I'm not saying we start a militia. But what I am saying, men, it's time that we be strong and we lead again. Because I sit down with my son and I watch cartoons and I'm like, man, our culture is belittling men to an extreme. Every, not just some, it used to be some, but now every cartoon, every kid's movie, it's always a weak, wimpy male 
And it's a strong, domineering female. I mean, when I was a kid, it was like it was the prince save the princess. Now the princess has to save the old whippy worship leader prince. <laughs> oh, what I'm going to do, somebody say, save me. I'm going to get in trouble for this one. <laughs> Listen, church ought to be a man's thing. We make church so stinking sissified, and we wondered why none of the men want to come to church. Are you surprised? When you make the first church of Estrogenville, and you make it so uncomfortable for men to come in, men ought to lead the way to church on Sunday. How do we be family? How do we build families by letting men be men? And by supporting women who are carrying heavy loads. Because I see in our community, more often than not, women are the backbone of the family. And with so many absent fathers, women are carrying the load and they need our help. We did research uh, later last or earlier last year. We found that there are over a thousand households within 10 minutes of our church with single, single mom homes. Over a thousand. And, you know, we're reaching more and more single moms in our church, and God is calling us to support them, to encourage them, to pray for them, to help them. I don't know how you do it. Because Amber leaves Hudson with me for four hours. And I'm, oh, oh, come, please come home and get Hudson. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> I said, tell the truth. God is calling us to help and support, to be friends to them. Because we are in a lonely, isolated world where you can have 2,000 friends on Facebook and not one true friend. Not one friend in real life. This is a lonely world, church. The Bible says in Psalm 68, 6, and I love this verse, God puts the lonely in families. God puts the lonely in families. There are lonely people that God has placed in our church so that we can love them and be a family to them. Y'all okay? Everybody good? <laughs> are we still friends? If not, I'm going to hope I'm so upset. Listen, I want to thank you for being such a loving church. And I mean that. You've loved and supported Amber and I through some tough times in our life, through the aneurysm, through brain surgery, through COVID-19 and all the changes we had to go through as a church, through the Krispy Kreme fire. <laughs> Y'all were there for me in my darkest moments. You were always there, but, but really... I do watch and see how much you love and welcome people each week. And I, I don't know if any other church even does this, but we, we have the privilege of loving and ministering to people from Tent City almost every Sunday. And I've never seen you guys look down on anybody or shun anybody. No matter who walks through those doors, you love them, show them kindness. That means the world to me. Sometimes a little kindness is all somebody needs. This is a mean world. 
I mean, I told you, I've been, I've been waving at people, like going down the road, being all southern and nice, and people just be giving me the middle finger back. I, that is just a symptom of the culture we're in today. This culture is mean. You know, the political environment that we've been in the last several years made worse by COVID. I mean, everybody hates everybody now. But we're countercultural in the church, amen? We love everybody. I, I, I love you. Y'all, know, y'all remember that song, Give Me That Old Time Religion? Y'all remember that verse, It Makes Me Love Everybody? Oh, Jesus, I didn't want to love everybody. I was fine hating everybody. But now that I got the Holy Ghost inside of me, it makes me love everybody. Oh, hallelujah. I can testify. I love people. I used to could not stand them. But I got the love of God inside of me now. And I ain't got no choice. I got to love you. That's somebody's testimony. (laughs) I can tell because you got nervous. It makes me love everybody. God has poured out his love on us so that we can love the world like he loves us. Hallelujah. God's calling us to build families, but he's calling us to be a family. Did you know when you accept Jesus by faith, you get adoption papers from heaven? Ephesians 2.19, therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. According to the Bible, we are family. Come on, tell somebody sitting next to you. Go, Come on, just tell them we're family. <laughs> you picked an awkward day to bring your boyfriend to church, didn't you? <laughs> West Virginia style, all right. <laughs> Come on, tell somebody else, we're family. Did you know the Bible tells us how we are to treat our family? Galatians 6.10, listen to these instructions. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially those who are of the household of faith. That means you ought to treat everybody right, but especially your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you know loving your family, your spiritual family, is outward evidence that you're born again? Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So we are to love others, especially other Christians, as God has loved us, right? Right or wrong? Right. Okay, let me ask you, is God's love for us conditional or unconditional? Unconditional. Does God love us only if we belong to a certain political party? Oh, really? Then why are y'all treating each other like that? I said it. You might as well get ready because this is an election year and it divides churches like nobody's business. I'm going to kick that dog every Sunday. You got to understand, I'm not in the election winning business. I'm in the soul winning business. And my Bible tells me that my God has a way of taking completely opposite people and putting them together to build his kingdom. Y'all remember, I told the story just the other day when Jesus called the 12 disciples, he called a guy named Simon. Simon belonged to an extreme political party called the Zealots. 
make Israel great again. The zealots were the radicals of their day. They were the political party that wanted to overthrow the Romans and kick them out. The zealots hated the Romans. And the only people they hated more than the Romans were the Jewish tax collectors. Oh, they hated that. They, they, that. That is the party that we hate. They are evil. They are Israel's worst nightmare. They're the enemy of the state. We, we, we want to execute all of the tax collectors because they take the money from the Jewish people and give it to the Romans. Jesus called Simon the Zealot, come and follow me. He said, oh, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, shanda, shanda. I'm going to follow you. He said, where we're going? Jesus said, we're going to Matthew's house. (gasps) Say what, Jesus? Jesus goes straight to Matthew's house and calls a Jewish tax collector and says, Matthew, I want you to follow me too. And you know what Jesus didn't do? He didn't endorse either one of those political factions. Why? Because his kingdom is higher and greater and stronger than any of man's political parties. Because heaven and earth will pass away, but only his word will remain. Mm, So stop putting God in a box because he's bigger than your politics. He's bigger than this nation. He's bigger than this world. Y'all remember the song, He's Got the Whole World in His Hand? (laughs) Don't get caught up in political arguments. Just let them be wrong. Remember my advice. Unity doesn't mean that we agree on everything. It means we agree on the main thing. We are family united in Jesus. We love each other. We need each other. There are people in our church, people here today, who are fighting the toughest battles of their lives. There are people here who are fighting cancer. There are people here who are grieving because they lost a loved one. There are people here who can't sleep at night because they have a son, they have a daughter who's not serving the Lord. God puts the lonely in families. We need each other, church. So being in a family, my grandfather fulfilled a lifelong dream. He drove all the way to California to see the giant redwood trees. These are the largest trees in the world. They grow to heights of more than 300 feet. In fact, the tallest redwood tree is 379 feet tall. And usually... If a tree is, say, 100 feet tall, it, its taproot will go 100 feet down. So if it goes way up, its roots go way down. But these giant redwood trees, their roots only go about six feet down. Can you believe that? They only go six feet down. And what they do, instead of going deep into the earth, they spread out to find other redwood roots, and they intertwine with all the other trees. And what happens is when a storm comes, the storm isn't trying to take out one isolated tree. The storm is pushing against the power of the whole grove, of the whole forest. And listen, that that is a beautiful picture of God's plan for the church. 
God doesn't call any of us to be isolated by ourselves with deep roots. God is calling us to surround ourselves with other believers, to surround ourselves, to connect ourselves to the family of God. That way, when the storms of life come, we won't be easily knocked down. Because when the storm's pushing on me, I'm connected to you. And when the storm's pushing on you, you're connected to me. And we go through the storms of life together. That's why the Bible says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults. Did you know that? Did you know that the person sitting beside you has faults? Some of you are like, yeah, I could write you a list. But the Bible says that we should make allowance for each other's faults because of our love. Making every effort to keep yourselves united, connected, binding yourselves together with peace. We're family and family sticks together. Together, we can make it through any storm. Listen, the more we grow, the more important it is that we stay connected. Because nobody wants to go to a church where they're just a number in the crowd. And I want to ask the praise team band, you guys can come on. Y'all can play whatever you want to play. I'm, I'm going to stay, out, stay on the gold mic today. But listen, nobody wants to go to a church where they're just a number in a crowd. That was, that's not God's plan for church. God's called us to be family. To bear with one another, to support one another, to help one another. That's why in e at Easter, just a few weeks, we're going to be launching life groups. And we're going to do it in a new way. We're going to have church at your house. We don't have enough room here in this building to do small groups the way that we used to do them. So, so we're going to meet at your house. We're, uh, we're going we're to look for people in, in your neighborhood, in your community, who's willing to host a life group. And all I ask is just two things. Be praying about whether or not you, you can host a group. I'm asking two things of all of our life group hosts. Number one, that you have a place to meet. It could be your house. It could be not your house. It could be a restaurant. It could be a coffee shop. It could be a, a park. The time and day doesn't matter. Just as long as it's not Sunday at 11 a.m. And the, the second thing I ask is that you have at least six neighbors or family or friends that you can invite to come. We're going to be training. We're going to have coaches. They're going to help you every step of the way. All you have to do is just host people and, and just, just guide a conversation. So be praying about that. I'll talk more about that in the next couple of weeks. But I want to see everybody connected. Again, this world was already lonely and isolated before COVID. But man, after COVID, nobody knows anybody. I go in public and nobody makes eye contact. Well, most of the time people are just looking at their phones anyway. But God is calling us to connect. And it matters. It really matters. God is calling us to be a family. He adopted us in, into his household so that we could stand together to encourage one another, to pray for one another. I guarantee you, you know somebody in your family, in your workplace, in your neighborhood who is isolated and alone, that they could really use some prayer. They could really use a friend. They could really use some encouragement. Maybe God wants to use you to meet that need in their life. Maybe you're the one who's alone and needs the friend, needs the encouragement. 
Be a small group host. I'll fill your house, people. Pray about it and ask God what he'd have you do. Amen. Praise God. I don't know if y'all have noticed, but we're growing. God is good. And with growth comes change. And I'll be honest, I don't like change. I hate change. I don't even like name changes. Okay, is it Duke Energy or is it Progress Energy? Who cares? I still call it CP&L. Okay. But here's the thing. A lot of changes are coming up in the next few months, and, and, and this is not change for the sake of change because I don't like it any more than you do, but, but we're going to see change because we want to make our family stronger in Jesus. Amen? Because there's no limit to what God can do. If we stay humble before Him and follow His lead, God is going to do amazing things. Like He told Joshua before they crossed the Jordan, tomorrow I'm going to do wonders in your midst. We serve a wonder-working God. And church, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. Amen. Will you stand as we pray this morning? God, we thank you. Lord, that you loved us enough to give your son Jesus to pay the price for us. Lord, that we who were not worthy, who were not a people... We who were spiritual orphans have now been adopted into your very household. And we've been made members of the family of God. Lord, we thank you for your great mercy. God, we thank you for your great love. Lord, we thank you that you love this generation. Lord, that you love them more than we could know. And God, I pray. Lord, that we could reach them like never before. God, we pray for an open door. Lord, you said pray to the Lord of the harvest to send labors in the harvest. Lord, we just open up our hearts to you this morning. God, we lift our hands to heaven saying, God, here I am. Lord, send me. Lord, send me. Use me, God. Lord, as we open up our hearts and our homes to you, God, use us, Lord, to reach this community, to reach this generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we pray, Lord, for a revival in this generation. Lord, pour out your, sp- your spirit. Pour out your spirit, God, on our church, on our neighborhoods. God, pour out your spirit in the workplace. Pour out your spirit, God, on the young people in this city. God, pour out your spirit. God, where there was violence and hatred and hurt and pain. God, may there be joy and peace and the love of God and the moving of the Holy Spirit. And use us, God, to be vessels of your mercy, vessels of your love. Use us to shine the light of Jesus Christ, bright God among this generation. Use us to God be, to be living proof of the power of God to change lives. And Lord, if there's anybody here this morning who doesn't know you, God, may they know that you love them, that you care for them. If you're here today and you don't know God, you're listening, you don't know him. God knows you. And he loves you. The Bible says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That means that you are God's masterpiece. You are God's workmanship. Your life is not a mistake. Your life is not an accident. Your life has meaning and purpose and has incredible value in the eyes of God. God loves you. The Bible says that God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That means that we, when we were at our absolute worst, God gave his very best to redeem us, to save us from sin, to forgive us, to set us free. 
And God offers you that love and that redemption this morning. We're not saved because of what we do and what we don't do. The Bible says we're saved by faith. It's not by works, lest any man should boast, but it is by faith. It is the gift of God. So I encourage you, I challenge you, now in this moment, by faith, receive the gift of God. Receive eternal life this morning. I want to lead you in just a simple prayer this morning. Will you pray this out loud together, dear Jesus? Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Save me. Set me free. Be the Lord of my life. Be my closest friend. Help me to live right. Help me to follow you. Adopt me into your family. And with your help, I'll follow you the rest of my life. Amen. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer in a minute with all your heart, you've made the greatest decision of your lifetime. The Bible says that you've been adopted into the family of God. And just, just do me a favor. Just look around the room this morning. Look at your new family. Everybody, come on, everybody, just look around. Come on, this ain't no, no eyes closed and head bowed. Come on, everybody, look around. This is your family. These are people who love you, and they're going to help you and support you along the way.